Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team who finally won a game against Brighton. We'll get to that 2-0 win in a moment. Plus, Frankie serves me up with today's spicy question. But before we do that, it's time I check in on the man himself. Frankie, how are you? Very good. I've just been on a 10-mile run, uh, topless running around London, celebrating (laughs) Villa's big win. Um, You know, police chasing me everywhere and all that. But, you know, I was probably woken everyone up who was asleep having a siesta or whatever in the afternoon. But, yeah, um, so I'm feeling good after that win. But also I'm preparing for a big 24-hour flight. Um, I'm about to head off to Australia. My girlfriend is Australian and it'll be her first time back into Fortress Australia after three years. So, uh, you know, obviously they shut down quite heavily during the pandemic and all that. Um, But now they're somewhat opened up and um, yeah, off to Brisbane. So I'm sort of I'm sort of mentally preparing myself for a 24 hour flight. And I'm kind of thinking that, you know, I'll get to the entertainment section on the screen and um, click on it and it will have like Aston Villa best of. Then it'll be like, it'll, but it'll only have one year. Aston Villa best of season 2015 16. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just that, the opening game of the season, Rudy Gestet header against Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is. This is a good start to season. Well, now this will go, and then three months later, finally beat Crystal Palace. And then I think maybe one more win against Norwich, and that was it. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be grabbing the uh, the parachute and scrambling to open the uh, emergency hatch you, <laughs> yeah. by, by, by the end by the end of that, won't you? Yeah. Jumping out of the, over the Pacific, yeah. just diving somewhere in the middle of the Pacific. <laughs> just anything, anything but that season again, please. You, you, you get to you get to the point of the Jolie Lescott. Um, tweet that he said wasn't a tweet of his car and then you're like you, you, that's, that's it you try you're gonna have to have the the uh, the crew of the of the airplane trying to like <laughs> strap you down <laughs> strapping me up into the seat I'm like, give me the emergency hatch now i can't handle it i think by that stage in the season i uh i just stopped care- i ge- i think i genuinely stopped caring i think that's the uh, most detached i've ever felt yeah in i think season. i saw the original yeah. tweet and i was like huh Okay, interesting. Okay, he's tweeted a picture of his, you know, very expensive car after we've just been thumped by Liverpool. Okay, and then and then his defence of it that you know he it was in his pocket and it was an accident. I just was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. I just I had just given up the I I forgot. I'm I'm so glad we decided to pick up this podcast when we did because if we did it in in you know that season, then I, <laughs> I, I, I would. I, I don't think we would have been able to get through the entire Imagine season. every week. Just it would have been therapy, miserable. wouldn't it? I have to say, though, Frankie, I was a bit worried that it was going to descend into that over the past few weeks. But oh, thankfully, yeah. thankfully, uh, we finally won a game of yep. football. Uh, Brighton nil, Villa 2. All is right and well in the world. Frankie, how, how did you see it? Well, John McGinn, don't we just love him? I thought he had a great game today. Um, looked more energetic and more comfortable in the midfield um, but uh, than he has done in previous weeks. But he also tweeted, crap few weeks, and but uh, needed that and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, if the players were feeling the pressure, just like the fans were. And so that was a big win for everyone, I think. Really needed that, 2-0. Um, um, we seem to have a good record against Brighton. Um, so it seems like the team that we kind of needed at this juncture... Mm. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I thought it, it wasn't um, a thrilling display by any means at all by Villa. But, you know, what we spoke about in previous weeks was that Villa kind of needed to go back to basics 
Um, that was the exact terminology we had used. Um, and uh, clearly, Michael Beale and Stephen Gerrard are listening to this podcast. Therefore, we Must should be, be joining the po- the coaching staff. Uh, as, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you got room? Really? <laughs> you know, add to the 60 members they already have. Um, no, I mean, obviously I'm joking. But um, basically, the fullbacks looked like they were kind of sitting back a little bit more, a little less. And so, therefore, the midfield kind of had a bit more um, stability, I think, uh, yeah. behind them. Um, the midfield looked a little more comfortable, uh, particularly Ramsey and McGinn. I thought Douglas Louise looked good in parts, but there were also moments of frustration, which again, I think goes back to the fact that he's not a natural number six. A couple of misplaced passes, all that kind of thing. But ultimately, look, got the job done. I think if you were to argue in the first half, you'd say a couple of moments where Lamptey beat Dinier a bit easily. A couple of moments where uh, I think it was March got beyond cash. Mm got through on goal and they were probably the two threatening moments but ultimately our defence looked really comfortable I thought um, Mings and Konza played really well uh, they looked very solid and I can't really remember a chance where that Brighton created all game really um, but it was th- only the um, McAllister yes chance, that's a good point uh, I, that, yeah. I, that I can think of but that uh, probably really should have scored um, yeah. but but yes no I, your, your point remains you know that they didn't they didn't really. They had they had a, a fair bit of the ball, yeah, but um, a lot of it was going out wide, crosses into the box that were easily dealt with by Concert and Mings, and mm. yeah, they didn't really have too many clear cut opportunities. And I certainly can't think of a save really that Martin has had to make today. No, not not it's nothing that's sort of striking me at the moment that I'm thinking. I might maybe I've forgotten one, but no, I'm not thinking of anything. And uh, yeah, great finish from Cash. Um, I, I don't think we were particularly impressive in the first half. The front, front three didn't get into the game at all, um, but it was a really good finish from Cash. Uh, and fair play, obviously, to his celebration and all that kind of thing. Um, but then second half, um, I, I thought we just looked very comfortable. I, Brighton just looked a bit inert. You can sort of see why they're in bad form at the moment. Mm. Yeah, defensively, we were, we, we were solid, as I said uh, previously. But uh, the goal... Um, it came at a perfect moment because Welbeck came on and there was a little bit of momentum then suddenly with Brighton for about five minutes. And you kind of thought, all right, is this where it builds up now, you know, where Welbeck gets a chance or whatever. Um, but just at the perfect moment, one of that long ball forward from um, Tyrone Mings, Veltman yeah. loses flight of the ball. And what a great finish from Ollie Watkins. Absolutely finish, delighted yeah. for him. What, how happy were you to see Watkins just yeah, really I mean, celebrating it, that goal? Oh, uh, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. I mean, it was the sort of finish that um, you forget that he hasn't scored since, I think, December. Um, it, it was confident and it was, you know, he, he, you know, he, he, he looked up, he had the strength to hold off. Um, I think it was Veltman, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Or the Brighton defence, anyway, and and put it past uh, Sanchez, and uh, and yeah, I mean he celebrated it like you know, like he hadn't scored in two months. To be he fair. really did, yeah. Um, he loved it, and and hopefully this this will be the spark that kind of keeps him keeps him going. I mean, I'll be honest, when the when the team sheet was released, and I saw Watkins and Ings playing together again. Wendia dropping to the bench. I was like, hmm, okay. I mean, again, we've gone back to this Ings Watkins dilemma. Uh, yeah. and um it doesn't hasn't really worked particularly, uh, yeah. as we, we talked about in, in at great length in previous podcasts. So I wasn't that in sort of enamored with the lineup. And also I thought Wendia in 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 at least in you know, our spell of bad, bad-ish form. He's been one of the players I thought actually hasn't been playing too badly. So, so I thought that was a bit unfortunate for him to, yes, to drop out. Um, but but 
yeah, I mean, seeing him score and 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 obviously he was so so delighted to to get on the score sheet was was great. And I think you're absolutely right; it came at just the right time. Uh, Brighton were um, were looking more dangerous, as, as as we were saying. I don't think they they created much, but they mm. were, I think, probably on the cusp of. Of, of doing something of, of note for sure. And the crowd were getting behind them and what that Watkins goal did the time it came um, just silenced the crowd basically. Yeah. And uh, I think they knew that the game was up, the game was done. And then that was it really. We sort of coasted until, um, until the final whistle. And it's, and it's funny what you say about Matt Cash and, and Dina. I think you're absolutely right. I think they probably were told to, um, to, to, to manage their runs at, at least. Yes. I thought we were far too cavalier against Newcastle and Watford um but it uh, but the week that we that you know clearly that was um a, a tactical adjustment one of them scores a goal you know <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's oh, quite ironic it? really um but and what what a finish what a finish it was from from Cash really you know ball over the top and you know he didn't have much time to to, to kind of compose himself and get ready for the the half volley because you know he was being closed closed down but there's a lovely angle just behind Sanchez's goal where it sort of just curves the last minute into the into the bottom corner. Great mm. finish. And um, I think it'll do him the world of good as well. I think he'll be the first to admit, uh, Cash, that it hasn't been the best of spells, at least under Gerard, perhaps getting used to how he wants him to play. Yeah. In recent weeks, it's it's not been. I think I don't think anyone's had a great. No, I think you're right. I think you could you could say that about absolutely anybody. But but you know, a, a win's a win. Uh, a, a clean sheet is 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 great because we've talked about. Our defence again in recent weeks being a bit shaky, um, not having um, the concentration levels required for you know the full ninety minutes. And mm. although we looked a little bit nervous in the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, um, once we got that first goal, um, then it did settle down a bit, and they they uh, they were sort of much more comfortable. And then as again as I say, even with Brighton uh, pressurising us in the second half as much as they did. You know, Mings and Conser, as you say, had another excellent game, just dealing with everything yeah. coming into the box. Really strong, really composed, great positioning. Um, great to see Conser back. Obviously, he's been... He, it makes he, a difference, he, doesn't it? He's a quality he does, yeah. defender. Um, he's a great defender. Um, and and I know people have been saying that um, he was sort of struggling, but but you, let's just say you notice him when he's not in the team. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was really good to have him back. And 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 it, uh, you know, we have said on previous shows as well, the importance of having a set back four, uh, back five, including the goalkeeper. Mm. And ultimately, you know, I think Martinez, Dina, uh, Consumings and uh, Cash this season is our best, is our best defence. Stick with that when we can. And, um, and uh, yeah, and, and sort of progress for the rest of the season. And, and I really hope that we, we, we can finish the season strongly. If we can improve on our position from last season, get into the top 10, finish in the top half, yeah, that'll be a good momentum to then start the, the you know next season, and I and I do think that you know Steven Gerrard does have in his mind anyway a bit of a rebuilding uh, project. You know he wants, to, I'm sure he'll want to bring more of his own players in to to play mm. in the formation that he wants. Um, so that will help encourage more players to come to us if they look at us and see us as a you know a, a, a top ten Premier League side. Yeah, I think there's those are good points, and I I think. Uh... I think the, the best performance I think I've seen under Gerard um, was probably Palace away when we won two one, and we looked very compact in that game. And um, you know I can distinctly remember Ramsey coming over to help the fullback, McGinn all doing the same thing on the other side of the pitch. Um, 
and just looking quite a solid side. Um, and in recent weeks, we just haven't looked solid at all. Looked very easy yeah. to play through, particularly midfield. And um, today it felt more like that Palace game. Um, it felt more compact, more um, just more options as well for the defence when they were playing out. Um, you know, looking up and they had midfielders to pass to because in previous weeks we've just been seeing, particularly the Newcastle game, defenders, centre backs passing it to each other, looking out to wide, and there's no fullbacks there because they're so far forward. And then midfielders just getting into weird positions where they're not picking mm-hmm. it up in places that they can affect the game as well. So it's um, you know, it's I think Gerard made the right call to make it a bit more, you know, just a solid performance, get a win, and you know, maybe you know, there's It'll be interesting to see going forward. Um, are we better set up as a team at the moment to play against teams like Brighton, who are slightly more expansive, or mm-hmm. try to play more? And in fact, that what our issue is maybe do, do we struggle to break down teams like Watford and Newcastle, who just defend and are defensively disciplined, you know, under Hodgson and Eddie Howe, and just look to get you on the break? Yeah, um, and that's. That'll be interesting to see develop in the next few weeks and months. I think whether that's whether that Watford and Newcastle game, whether perhaps we were kind of just shown up a little bit that we're not good at breaking down teams and get caught on the break, and maybe it was a perfect storm that we're trying to play more progressively, get our fullbacks forward, and that actually we're not very good at breaking down the teams just yet or playing that style yet, mm. and that when we're giving more space for those teams to counterattack us, it was the perfect game for those type of teams. Um, and maybe not a complete disaster like we thought, but it was just kind of exposing some of our limitations. Um, we'll see that we that that can only we can only get to know that better in the next few weeks. You know, maybe we'll play another team soon that's six eleven behind the ball again, and we have to break them down. And it'll be interesting to see how we react to that. I think. Um, but uh, you know, it was a big big win today against Brighton. I thought we really needed that not to get sucked into that that sort of nervy area where Everton and Leeds currently are. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it it, re- it really does give us daylight now between us and basically Brentford down. You know, it's that it's that section of maybe six, seven teams yeah. that really are going to be scrapping it out for those sort of obviously the, the the relegation spots and trying to avoid them. But but it that that like, it won't be us, uh, and yes. that's you know that's important to say. Uh, I, I mean, I do wish you know with the players that we have. Um, you know, we sh- we sh- we shouldn't even be discussing that, or you know, that shouldn't really be entering our the conversation now. Um, and um, you know, the, the past couple of defeats, particularly against teams that are in those those areas, hmm. um, has meant that some commentators have have said, um, you know, potentially Villa could get dragged into that, but it's just it's just not going to happen. Um, so we've just got oh, we've just yeah, got to remain. Not. <laughs> well, no, 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 I, I just I, just I, spoke I, about 2015, 16. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can really call me back on this, Frankie. Um, remember this date, 26th of February, 2022, the day I said we, we, we're definitely not going to go down. But um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I just don't, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Um, and um, I think we just do need to start, um, you know, pop, I know it's a little bit early, but having a think about kind of next season and where we want to be. And um, I'm sure Gerard's already thinking about, um, you know, who, areas of the pitch that he wants to strengthen, players that he wants to bring in and, and, and play, as I say, play play the way he wants to play. We've just got to stay positive. We've got a good run of games, I think, in the main, up until May now. A um, couple of tricky ones. I think we've still got to play Liverpool, Man City, 
uh, Spurs, Arsenal, you know. <laughs> just a couple uh, of tricky ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Michael Beale's tweet, actually, from, from about an hour ago, where he, mm. where he said exactly that. You know, it's a project and there will be bumps on the road. Yeah. But, um, you know, we've just got to stick with it. And, and there is a plan, there is a project, and we've got uh, to have faith did, in it. Did you also see his tweet about Tim Arobinum? He made yes. his debut, 18 yeah, fantastic. years of age. Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Really, really good. Really, really good. I mean, how, what, exciting, what, how, how exciting is it that in the last year we've seen Jaden Philogene Bidet uh, Jacob Ramsey come through, obviously. Uh, Cartney Chukwameka and Archer. Um, well, Cameron Archer as well, get his game at time. And um, Tim Robinum today, you know, lots of young players coming through in the last year. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unprecedented. I can't remember a time where so many talented young players have come through all at the yeah. same time that you think genuinely have a future at the club. Yeah. Um, a lot of the players as well out on loan are doing really well. They are. Um, Louis Barry's come to life at Swindon. Louis, Louis Barry's done great at yeah. Swindon. Um, uh, Kane Kessler Hayden at MK Dons. Yeah, got his goal. Has, has got, got, a goal. got his goal. Yeah. He's, he's done really well. Um, who else we got out on loan? You know, Davis Archer, is, is, is doing really well at, at, at Forest. Archer at Preston. You know, he scored mm. a few goals already. Arjun Wright, um, Grimsby. I love it. I get to read yeah, them it's, all it, off. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. I mean, this is this is what so this is what we you know this is what we love as as Villa fans. You know, you mm. want to see players come through the the youth system doing well, going out on loan, impressing. Honestly, you know, honestly, back honestly, and taking the claim. Seeing the young players coming in and having their debuts and playing well. Is more exciting to me than signing players for 35, 40 yeah, million. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I, it just is. Um, yeah, no, it's right. I mean, you know, like like from my football manager days, you know, it's always <laughs> exciting when you bring in a player. But if, if there's a if there's a youngster in the team, uh, <laughs> you know, you want to do you want it's you always that pride when you see them sort of make their debut. And I bet and you were like Mourinho, you just never played them. You know what I you know what I did once. So, so this was going back a few years, but on football manager, I might have been bloody L two thousand and Six, two thousand seven, something like that. I played football manager in this one season for so one, one game for so long that um, it regenerated a player in my youth team called Ross Zielinski. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and and I and I just sort of in my head conjured this idea that he was my he was you know my son in the youth team that be, has to be nurtured. But he was his stats were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> But there were there were so many there were so many more talented youngsters in my youth setup. But I was like, no, Ross, you're coming up to the first team, kid. <laughs> Can I give you your debut, pal? And, and 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 in spite of everything, you know, I had a really good team. But he he was like a I think he was he played at right back or something. But he, even though he was absolutely dreadful, I made sure I played him every single <laughs> game. Well, Nepotism I, at its worst. When I was. Oh, 16, 17. I used to play for a team called Rushall Olympic. There's probably yeah, people yeah. listening to this who know Rushall there. It's a decent, decent level. There, yeah, they're sort of lead, sort of two below the conference, maybe at the time when I, I was there. And um, I remember, uh, I remember there, I looked, I got championship manager that year and I was like, oh, well, I've got to look at Rushall. It's like they were on the game. I was like, I'm going to be a championship manager. And I went into their U team. <laughs> And it was all blacked out, so you couldn't sign yeah, any yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All made up names. And I found and I was like, my equivalent player was like someone called Brian Jones. And I looked it <laughs> up and it was it was like out of 20 finishing one. Yeah. <laughs> like technique three out of 20. Yeah. Like the absolute worst player. I was like, I'm there as Real Madrid manager, like trying to sign this guy from Russell Olympic. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh... Yeah, I was got it. If anyone, if anyone ever know, if anyone knows Russia Olympic or ever played for them, get in touch because they'd love to hear how they're getting on. It's been the, a long the, time. The journalists at the market are like scratching their heads <laughs> trying to work out, you know, why the hell Guillaume no, Balagay like side. really struggling yeah. to find contacts to get any information on this guy. Yeah, like who is Brian Jones? All villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. It's about to get as spicy as the hottest curry in Birmingham's Balti Triangle. Hashtag visit Birmingham, the greatest city in the world. And it's here where we cover the controversial topics and get the creative juices flowing. And today, George, I'm asking you, after we just witnessed Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins play together in a game that Villa won, could this be the future? Could the Watkins partnership finally be good? <laughs> finally be good. Uh <laughs> Well, I, oh, that is, um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for me to say, really. I mean, today's game, obviously, ha- is the exception to our our general sort of understanding of how that current partnership has worked over the past few months. Um, you know, there's been a lot of criticism over both of them playing together. A lot of the debate on social media and uh, with other podcasts has been who should play off of the two um mm. so just selecting one either watkins uh, or rings um but today i i saw real benefits in terms of how they both how they both play i mean ings when, when you associate when you think of danny ings you associate him as a bit of a fox in the box someone who is right in the shoulder of the last defender um will will score kind of the the, the, the scrappy goals if you will um but today i saw kind of a different side to him which i think is, has always really been there but i but but with with watkins playing alongside him he he had to do a lot more of it today was the the running um mm. he was really kind of industrious he ran the channels he um you know he hassled defenders he was full of energy um and i think kind of between them they were both kind of operating in a similar way on 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 either flank with coutinho as the kind of the number 10 sort of mm. dropping in between both of them as they split. Um, and I thought he did that job really well. I thought, I thought both of them uh, played, played really well. There, there, there wasn't um, too much in the way of, uh, of um, uh, uh, both of them kind of working together necessarily, as far as I could, I could see, uh, um, you know, it yeah. wasn't, as, it wasn't as if things set up Watkins for his goal. Um, and I don't think either of them were particularly involved in, um, in, um, uh, Matty Cash's goal either mm. but um, they both did their bit and um, I thought there was there was a, a greater uh, uh, communication partnership between them the midfield and defence I think in recent weeks we struggled um, in getting the ball between those areas the sort of transitional play yeah um, but but uh, but but against Brighton I thought um, I thought that that connectivity was better and uh, and they both worked really well and really hard in making sure that that worked as well as it did, as in they would both drop back. And as I say, they would both work really hard in pressing and trying to win the ball. 
um, and and doing it that way. I don't think it's the long-term solution, personally. Yeah. Um, but today's result goes to show that it can work against certain teams. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if um, Gerard sticks with it for the game against Southampton. Mm-hmm. Coming up, um, you know, it's 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 a it's a formation, as I say, that's that's worked today. We've won the game, and um, you know, personally, I don't really like to see teams that win get changed too much. Yeah. So I don't think Gerard w- will necessarily change it. Um, and 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 even though I didn't agree with the formation when the lineup was uh, was published, you know, it, it proved to be the right the right selection to be made for the game today. So um, so yeah, I think. I think it it does it can work, but I don't think it's the long term solution. I don't know if you feel the same way, Frankie. Yeah, I'd agree it's not the long term solution. Um, I I did wonder last week when after the Watford loss, um, when you know Coutinho and Buendia had played in behind Watkins, a lot of that game when Cash particularly was getting forward, there was nothing kind of out wide for him to work with. I thought. Um, and I did wonder whether if Traore was fit, he might be tempted to start Traore just to have somebody out wide mm. to try and create something. So the fact that he went with Ings, it's a, it's a bit of a gamble to drop Wendir, who's been playing very well or, or playing pretty well recently. But I can see why he did it. it you know, he had something he had to change, really, didn't it, after the last few weeks we've had. Watkins and Ings, it didn't inspire me too much before the whistle because I just don't think it's worked. Um, but I was sort of, I didn't want to come out against it because I was sort of like, well, you know, who knows what they've seen in training, what they've been working on. Coutinho in behind the two of them together. We've not really seen that yet. No. So let's give it a chance, you know, see see what happens. And um, I thought Watkins was pretty involved today. I saw a lot of him, but the, the problem was like, it was one of them games where his hold at play wasn't great. Like he seemed to get tackled a lot, but, mm. you know, the sign of a really good striker is the sense that, you know, he got that one chance and it was a really difficult chance to take. Bearing down a goal, low on confidence, and he just tucks it away like that. It was a really good goal, really good moment for him as well because I love Oli. I think he's an excellent player. Yeah. And um, seeing his uh, celebration was, you know, he really, he loved it. You know, when you see a player loving it like that, you're like, yes, that's, that's what football's about. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Ings, I thought. I think you're right. Ings was industrious, and he did he did a lot of running. Um, kind of maybe his movement smart in ways that you're not seeing on necessarily unless you're in the stadium. But he seemed a little anonymous to me. Get he seems to be kind. I'd love to speak to a Southampton fan about it to see figure out what it is that you know. Ings is such a great player at Southampton, getting so many goals. Like what? Why does he seem to look a bit anonymous of other? Is is it how we play, um, or is that just who he is? And he's just a striker who's quiet all game but gets a goal. Um, I'd I'd, I'd look, I think I need to figure out more well, about he, him. He, he always used to get a goal against us. I know that exactly. Much. Yeah, it's probably why we signed him. Um, yeah, but yeah, we. Uh, I, I I think I agree with you. I think I think next week. You know, it, it's it's work this week. You know, it's so the next week. Um, put him up against his old teammates at Southampton. Mm-hmm. Watkins as well. You're not going to drop him after that goal. And continue in behind. Um, it, it's worked this week. Why not give it a try next week? I, I think it'd be um, surprising if they change it. Uh, but then again, if Wendy comes in, fair enough. But 
I think just having a bit more width um, in the front three certainly helps. And I did see Ings out wide quite a bit today, actually, in fairness to him. Um, hmm. um, yep, yeah, they won today. Got Watkins got a goal, so why not give him another game to see if this trio can form up some kind of rhythm and partnership? That was the spicy question and both George and I think that Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins should get another turn up front together against Southampton. If you agree with that, you can let us know by emailing allvillanofiller at gmail.com or you can get in touch through Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Right, let's look ahead to Villa's next game. As we mentioned, it's Southampton at home on Saturday. Last time we played them, we lost 1-0 and our manager was sacked. Can we get revenge for Dean Smith on Saturday, Frankie? Well, it's double revenge because they've just beaten Norwich 2-0, haven't they? That was a, uh... <laughs> Dean Smith, yeah, sick of the sight of Southampton. Yeah, um, they're in not bad form, Southampton, you know. Uh, they've just... so. Beaten Norwich 2-0 at home. They beat Everton 2-0 at home. One all away at United. They won 3-2 away at Spurs. Yeah. Uh, and they drew one all at home with Man City. So um They're they're a very underrated outfit. I I, I think I think people pay attention. They're, they're one of those teams that they play someone like I don't know, Liverpool or Man U or whatever, and they'll get spanked. You know, they'll they'll have one result a season where where they nine get nil. absolutely. They'll get a one. They'll get a nine nil every season. You know, there's a nine nil in them every season, <laughs> and 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 then almost following that, there's this, the assumption that they're quite brittle, and then no one really pays attention to them for the rest of the season. But they mm. they they steadily churn out results. And I watched the game against Norwich, and they are a very well drilled, uh, well performing side with good. Premier League players. Yes. Um, you know, they, they've got uh, Livermento is a very, very good uh, fullback, wingback, yeah, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Um, you've got, you've got Romeo, who is a, who's, a, who's got a great goal actually against Norwich, but he is a very, very talented midfielder. Ward Prowse, arguably the best set piece taker in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there is, there are, there are, there are, Areas of quality all over the pitch with Southampton, and and they're one of the teams that the other teams like us will underestimate. Which is which is why I think one, they're one of the reasons why whenever we play them, we invariably lose because yes, I think there's do. that expectation we should be beating Southampton. Um, We've had a few batterings. Yeah, yeah, I mean, times, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they are they are a very very good football team. Well managed. I mean, I really do rate Hassan Hootel. I think he's a he's an excellent manager. I agree um, with you on Hassan Hassel. I, I I watched um I used to do Bundesliga highlights a lot in my job and um I used to watch a lot of RB Leipzig when he was manager there and I used to think Leipzig looked so good under him, like just a very good football team and well coached. And well, I think you're right, Southampton, you know, he, they've lost some key players this summer. Yeah, well, well, well let's, let's not forget the start of the season they were predicted to be people's dark horses to go down. Yeah. You know, they were, they were a selling club. They sold things to us. Yeah. Westergaard to Leicester. Yeah. Um, Ward Prowse was heavily linked with the move away. linked with us. He could have gone. Um, and despite, and they didn't really bring too many, too many people in except for, yeah. you know, Livermento, I think on loan, who has been a brilliant signing and, and Bourgeois, 
Broha. Broha is an excellent player. Great, great player. Che Che Adams, who after after a bit of dodgy start, has really found form. He's sort Um, of like is their new Shane Long. He's that player who's like he's not like he's not like going to sell you the shirts all over the world, but he just sort of does an effective job. Yeah, gets a goal every now and again, and probably. Works well off a player like a like you long off Danny Ings, for instance. You've got um Che Adams working well off Bro and now Brohat. Now, my goodness, like every time I've watched him for Southampton, I've thought Chelsea have a real play, a real player yeah. here. Uh, Chelsea like to sell their young players for quite good big fees. So um, you know, now that Roman Abramovich appears to have um sort of I don't I don't know how to describe he's, it. He's, he's, like, he's like gone a, but not gone. Yeah, yeah, it's gone know, but not gone from happened. Chelsea. Um but uh, they like to sell their players for big profits. And, uh, you know, uh, if if um, Chelsea need a bit of money this summer, uh, I would suggest that there's going to be a fair few teams who want to sign Amanda Broha. He's uh, just a very he's, – he's an aggressive player, but technically really good. Yeah. Good finisher. Um, I, I really rate Broha. Um, yeah. uh, he's, he's the player, to my mind, uh, that – Attacking wise for Southampton next week will be uh, will cause us some issues, um, but uh, yeah, and I, as you say, Adams as well. You know, he's a, he's a very effective, like almost workmanlike player, former Blues player as well. So uh, uh, you know, uh, the the, pe- the leaky blinders as uh, we call them. <laughs> leaky, <laughs> leaky blinders. That's the best bit of online trolling I've ever seen. Um, Fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. But, I think you're right. The midfield, centre midfield is going to be a key area because, you know, Ward Prowse and Romeo, that's a physically very strong, good footballing midfield, centre midfield. Um, can Douglas Louise cope with that? He's going to need help from McGinn and Jacob Ramsey, I think. Yeah, um, I uh, and who knows? Irug Bone. And, uh, I, 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 I haven't heard his name pronounced enough to be <laughs> yeah. saying it. So, Irug Bonham, I'm saying for the time being. Um, sorry, I apologise for my ignorance. But, uh, Irogbenham, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll get another run out. Um, uh, and it, it, I'd say, this is how ridiculous I am as a, as a fan. He got the ball for the first time, did a nice little turn, nice pass, and went, that's it. That's the man. He is the number six answer. We are sorted. And I looked at my girlfriend and said, we're winning the Premier League next season. I'm telling you. <laughs> what what, so what position does he play? I mean, I know he, I mean, when he came on, he sort of played in, in the centre uh, of midfield. Is is he more defensively minded? I think he's a defensive, yeah. I think he's a defensive midfielder generally. That's, yeah, from what I know of him, really. Mm. Um, it's funny because I'm quite well up on a lot of the youth players at Villa, but Robinham, because he's relatively new to Villa, coming in from West Brom, he's someone I've not really been able to see much of. But, you know, seeing Michael Beale praise him very highly, say he's a very impressive young man, mm. good attitude, all that kind of stuff. Um, so force his way into the first team and get minutes um, within just, you know, four, five, six months. That's really impressive um, in, in a very key position as well in DM. And you, I dare say we'll see more of him this season. Uh, very exciting. But, um, you know, if you had to predict how Villa are going to get on next week, um, I think we both said we think it's going to start with Watkins and Ings up front. Um, if you had to predict how we'll get on, what's your score? Well, we are at home. So, obviously, you know, I think that will be – that. well, there should be an advantage. Um but you know Southampton are in Southampton are in, in, in very good form. Um, they got some players in very good form. 
Che Adams is a former Birmingham City player. I, I no doubt will 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 want to will want to do something in front of the whole tent. Oh, I can see him um, cupping. I can see him cupping his. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can, you, oh. can, you can see it. Um, it's oh. going to be difficult. It's <laughs> it's become even more difficult to predict Villa, to be honest, because yeah, we are we are a team that um that uh has been patchy in terms of our form all season. You know, we have been unpredictable. There has been a bit of a roller coaster as, as we anticipated. We're still, we're still, you know, getting wins and then following up wins with defeats and not really getting that consistency that that we need. Um, and so that, that's, Southampton will be a tricky team to to play against. So I, I'm going to predict. I do. I always worry about Southampton, mm, but I'm going to be. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to be relatively positive, and say we'll get a uh, we'll get a draw. I think it'll be a draw as well. I'm saying 2-2. Two, two. You're going to say 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. I think it'll be... Well, I mean, Southampton have a very good defensive record. I think I think only two clubs have a better defensive record than Southampton this right. season. That being said, you know, we do, we do, we do have, when they click at least, a, a very sort of potent um, attacking force. So I will say, I will say one all. One all draw. I think your washing's done. <laughs> your washing that's machine agrees. Yeah, that's, that's my yeah. That's that's my Nostradamus washing machine saying, uh, <laughs> put, "Put your money on it." One all. Yeah, they're good form. That the um, bit of a bogey. Oh God, isn't every team a bogey team? Like a bogey um, team. I think I think Southampton definitely are. Um, I consider a bogey team to be a team that you think you should, in quotation marks, win. Yeah, Brentford. We always. Well, it's difficult to say with Brentford because we only played. Well, actually, well, oh, Championship! Um, we kept losing yeah, the to them. We drawing, like, it was yeah. mad. Couldn't beat them at all. Oldham going back for twenty-five years. I was at that. You know, nineteen ninety-two. I Mar- think Marshall, three. Marshall's goal. Yeah, I was at a game that Villa lost two-one at home to Oldham, and um, I remember like going with my friends. It was for a birthday party, and sat in. I think we were in the Holt end. I think, and um, sat there thinking, uh, we, you know, we'll take them to a game where Villa's going to win. And uh, mm. lo and behold, <laughs> even in the days when we were really good, we still managed to <laughs> lose to teams at Oldham. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to say draw, I think. Um, and I'll be in Australia for it. So if you're in Brisbane and you're a Villa fan, I know we get a lot of listeners from Australia. Um, so please email us, allvillanofill at gmail.com. Let us know. You're, where you are and all that and uh, I'm going to be going to a pub in Brisbane that I found out is run by a Villa fan so I will be watching games oh, there hopefully so hopefully I'll see some villains there well Frankie I mean safe travels um, we will try and keep the the show going while you're uh, while you're you know thousands and thousands of miles away we'll we'll, we'll do a technical workaround it might be a bit more <laughs> challenging but i'm sure we can try we can attempt to do something so hopefully we'll, we'll be back to review the Southampton game in some capacity i'll be in a jumper frankie will be in you know his his, uh, his swimming shorts and sunglasses and <laughs> budgie smugglers for the wear in it um but until until that game against southampton on saturday come on super aston villa